Hello, my name is Brian Powell, and I'm the host of Bristol Myers Squibb's Black Organization for Leadership and Development podcast series, Bold Innovators. This is an open conversation with bold community members and allies throughout BMS that are true leaders in and out of the office who stands with our mission to foster an inclusive environment that values the contributions of Black employees equally with others. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Deidre Harper, Senior Access and Reimbursement Manager. Deidre is a native of Chicago, Illinois. She has been happily married to her husband, Daryl, for over 24 years. She also has a 17-year-old son, Jackson, as a rising senior in high school. She attended Xavier University of Louisiana, where she studied chemistry and biology. A few years after graduation, she joined the Westwood Squibb Division of Bristol-Myers Squibb in sales, a regional sales trainer, and district business manager in the neuroscience division. After leaving BMS for 14 years, she returned as an oncology sales professional and was recently promoted to an access and reimbursement manager. As an HBCU graduate, Deidre is passionate about helping students navigate their transition from college to their early careers. This led her to get involved in the Tomorrow's Innovators HBCU program here at Bristol-Myers Squibb. In working with these HBCUs, Deidre had learned that many of these students are first-generation college graduates who need assistance navigating the corporate waters. Deidre, it's a pleasure to having you on the podcast today. Thank you, Brian. I'm really excited to be a part of this. My pleasure. So before we learn more about your story in your own words, I wanted to start off by asking you the bold 10 questions. These allow us to learn a little bit more about you in a rapid fire, fun, and personal way. I'm as ready as I will be. All right, let's get into it. What did you believe for way too long as a child? I am sad to say I believed in Santa Claus <laughs> until I was like 13. Now, part of it was faking because mm. I realized early on that once you stop believing, there went all the, the cool gifts. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I strung my parents along till I was 13. Any way to get more extra free gifts on the holidays, I understand. I wish I could exactly. still believe in Santa today. <laughs> I know, me too. Question number two. What do you think about when you hear the word classy? You know, that is a really good question. Um, when I think of classy, I think of minimalistic and not excessive. Um, I just like a minimalistic approach to my house. I don't like clutter. Um, so yeah, I, when I think of classy, I just think of a very minimalistic approach to anything, not being excessive. Mm -hmm. Question number three, would you want the ability to hear the thoughts of people near you if you couldn't turn the ability off? No, I think it would be too distracting. And sometimes things are better left unsaid. I can't agree with you more, <laughs> <laughs> especially in certain circles in the middle of the city. That'd be too much. <laughs> right. Question number four. What's the most amazing true story you've heard? The Henrietta Lacks story. 
about the African-American woman who her life could not be saved from cancer, but her cells to this day are still being used for cancer research. I think a story recently came out that there's a settlement of the estate for that, I recently yes. heard. So it's great news for that finally that her, what she provided to the world is actually being compensated uh, to at least to her estate. It is. And it's interesting because they said at that time, physicians didn't have to get patients um, authorization to use their cells or, or body parts or whatever. So that's interesting. It, it shows that we've come a long way if that's the case. Mm -hmm. Question five, what's something that everyone agrees we should change, but somehow it never changes? Our high taxes. Question six, what is the best part of your day? I think the best part of my day is the end of my day when I feel like I've accomplished what I need to accomplish for patients. And I'm sitting at home with a glass of wine, watching TV with myself <laughs> or my husband while my son is upstairs hollering at his video game. <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect day. Like anyone ends a day like that, I think they'll be a very happy person. Yes. Question seven. If magic was real, what spell would you try to learn first? Well, because of the industry we're in and my passion about helping people, my first spell would be to heal people mm. and rid people of disease. Mm. Yeah, that one spell would change the world in a significant positive way. So if magic could exist, I wish that could be one. Yeah. If you could airdrop anything you want worth $2 million or less anywhere you want, what would you airdrop and where would you airdrop it? I think I would airdrop resources to underprivileged people, including, I say people, not countries, because we have underprivileged people in the United States. Mm -hmm. What smartphone feature would you actually be excited for a company to implement? a cell phone battery that never dies, that's powered by solar, by sunshine. I will hope next 15, 20 years, that could be a possibility. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully. Wouldn't that be nice? And last question, what's about to get much better in society, in life, environment? What do you think is getting better? Well, my hope is that the economy is gonna get better. Diversity and inclusion is going to get a lot better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's been ups and down when it comes to that, especially over the last few months and years. But hopefully we're on the side of progress, not um, not detriment. Yeah, I, I think we are because it seems to be at the forefront of everyone's mind these days where it, it really it really wasn't before. So, I mean, I think we're going in a positive way. Oh, that's great. Well, Deidre, thank you for answering the bold 10 questions. I think we know a little bit more about you, and um, we have, neither of us can't wait until we get that solar power battery feature because my battery dies within like an hour or two. So it'd be great to have that feature out there. It would. It would. <laughs>
<laughs> I feel like we all walk around with these little portable chargers. Oh, yeah, we have to, honestly, this point in time. I know. <laughs> So we got the, a little bit of a taste of your background, who you are through the bold 10 questions, but honestly, Deidre, we'd love to learn more about you and your story. So please tell us your story. My story is that as an African-American woman who went to an HBCU and who navigated her way into corporate America, after some time trying to break through in the pharmaceutical sales industry, I don't want other kids to have to endure that type of struggle. I feel like I was smart. I did everything I was supposed to do. I went to college. I had a very competitive major. The one thing I lacked was the sales experience. That's what everybody was saying was holding me back. And, you know, my answer to them was, how do you get it if you're, you know, in college. And so I'm really passionate about what Giovanni has started with Tomorrow's Innovators under the leadership of Shamika, because I feel like if if I had a Deidre or a Lotus or Brian or any of the people on our team at my school to sort of help me figure out, this is what our company looks like. These are the opportunities that we have. I would have just been so much further ahead in the game. So I love going to this to to these colleges and talking about BMS because BMS is definitely a company to be proud of. And the research that we do, the work that we do to help patients with these debilitating diseases is bar none. And so being able to go to a school and really talk passionately about your company and educate these students on opportunities within our company and then take it a step further and help them draft their resumes and tweak their interviewing skills to make them prepared for interviews within our organization and then see them get offers, full-time job offers or um, internship offers. I mean, that that is definitely something that speaks volumes to me and I it, it makes me proud to be a part of, of it. Well, thanks Deidre for that. And yeah, Tomorrow's Innovators has been around for two to three years. It's been very impactful, not only within our organization, us bringing in fantastic, diverse minds, but it's also inspired a lot of people within our organizations to really help and, and give back. And Kind of going back to your story when you said that you didn't have that sales experience come in and you hoped that you had it, I guess when you did enter into the workforce, how did you gain that sales experience or what advice would you give to people that want to get that experience if they haven't gotten it in college? So I feel like the differentiator for me was I was pre-med chemistry biology. So all of my summers were spent either in medical programs or doing research or volunteering at a hospital. And so my senior year when I decided that I didn't think I really wanted to go to medical school, I didn't have those internships that a lot of other students um, may have had that may have given me the leg up. 
And so I didn't even know about pharmaceutical sales, honestly. I was uh, speaking with a friend whose sister worked for Merck. She happened to be visiting campus. I talked to her. I had done retail sales throughout college. And when I talked to her about pharmaceuticals, I was like, I think this is, this is my job because I enjoyed selling. I knew I enjoyed selling. And it would allow me to use my educational background because mm-hmm. I also identified early that I'm, I did not want to be in a lab. I'm not, you know, a, a researcher. And so when I came out of college, I started, you know, ferociously interviewing uh, for pharmaceutical jobs. And it literally would get to me and another person. And they would always go with the other person because that person has sales experience. And it was a J&J manager. I remember his name, Joe Cannon. And he interviewed me and he said, Deidre, you interview extremely well. All your pedigree is, is right on point. He was like, you got to get this outside sales experience. So he told me, go and work for a Xerox or a consumer products company for a year just mm-hmm. to get the outside sales experience and then circle back. And that's what I did. And I ended up working for Kimberly Clark um, and doing uh, consumer product sales and then ended up getting promoted to their medical sales division. And then I ended up with Westwood Squibb. And um, so, yeah, it all sort of came full circle. But I, my hope is to provide this these kids with the knowledge that I didn't have and the mm-hmm. resources that I didn't have to take advantage of these opportunities to get do these internships, these co-ops, these rotational programs that I feel are more plentiful now than they were 35 years ago when I was graduating college. Mm, Thank you for telling me your journey of how you started into sales. And it's amazing how you remember that one person's name that really gave you your foothold into that world. And I guess for any student that's listening now that wants to enter into pharma or wants to become a salesperson just like you, what's like the one piece of advice outside of getting the experience to really be successful in this space and grow in your career? You have to be tenacious. You have to be tenacious. You have to, you can't be a quitter because you hear no a lot. And it won't be a verbal no. It'll Mm. be like, you know, you you give this flawless presentation. The doctor's shaking their head. You're you're feeling like, oh, they're, they're buying in. Let me, you know, ask them for the clothes, you know, based on what we've talked about and how I've shown you that, my drug will benefit your patients in this, this, and this way, you know, can I get your, can I count on you the next time you see a lung patient with metastatic lung disease? And then you, your, your hope is they say yes. Sometimes they say, I think about it. Um, it'll never be a no. And even if they say yes, you still have to try to look through your data to see are they really starting a new patient or are they going to our competitor? So in this job, I really feel like you have to be tenacious and you have to just be a go-getter and don't quit. And because realizing every day you're out there, you are fighting for every cancer patient, that they get the best treatment that's 
on the market, which in my biased opinion is immunotherapy. Mm. So there was a situation when I was in sales, I was um, in Skokie at an office. They had a situation where they had enrolled the patients in our access and reimbursement uh, program. So we had done the benefits investigation and the insurance company came back with their decision, which was that they would approve the, them using the product, but then they didn't reimburse the, the offices for many patients. They said that, that it had been denied. Mm. Well, because they had enrolled the patients in our access and support program, all of our all of those conversations are taped. So at that time, I wasn't an arm. So I reached out to my arm, John, and I told him the situation, and he was able to get our access and support uh, department involved, and they were able to pull up those recordings and go to the insurance company and advocate for the office to make sure that the, the office got reimbursed. Because I, I don't think people realize that when a doctor, an office makes that decision, they sometimes they'll infuse the, the patient um, without getting the insurance approval, which we highly don't recommend because mm -hmm. if they come back denied, then they have to eat that cost. And that's a really, that's a really expensive pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. And so that is why now in my role as um, access and reimbursement, I really, really encourage every office to enroll patients let us do the benefits investigation so that we can we're like your insurance policy mm. for your office and for that patient because we can we we record our calls and we can come back and advocate for that office if the insurance now denies paying for the infusion it guess goes back to the the passion that people in our organizations such as you have and really making sure our patients and our ATPs are given all the resources to really treat and help patients. So no, thank you for telling us that story and saying no attitude, really helping out people. Thank you. It's so rewarding. And I know obviously we're on the Bold Innovators podcast and this season we're talking about passion. I know you briefly talked about it a little bit, uh, but can you explain what you're really boldly passionate about and how BMS has allowed you to facilitate and drive that passion? Definitely. So as I spoke about it earlier, I, I'm really passionate about helping these college students navigate their way from college to early career ultimately helping them with their negotiation skills to be able to negotiate their value once they're once once they've made an offer with the ultimate goal of being able to reduce the wealth gap between people of color and others and i feel that there are so many ways bms has given me the opportunity to do this. Tomorrow's Innovators is, of course, the obvious way. You know, um, I'm the co-lead for North Carolina a and I probably visit the campus twice a year where we socialize BMS, talk about BMS as a company, the opportunities that BMS can provide, the students, and then we work 
individually. If we identify key students, we work with them individually on their resumes, get their interviews ready so that we can put them in front of leaders that have internship opportunities for them. But other ways BMS has allowed me to help students is through um, the Bold ACES program. I'm a volunteer there where I uh, mentor four high school students, STEM students, and the, the goal is to keep them on motivated or on the path of staying in a STEM major. Having been a STEM major, I know the difficulty that major comes with. And so, you know, just meeting with these students every other week and talking to them about some of their challenges that, that they're facing as STEM majors in their high schools. We've even gone now so far as because all of my students are uh, rising seniors. So because I have a rising senior, I'm, I'm even helping them with um, their application process to college. I help mm -hmm. them set, set up their Common App, talk, show them on MS Teams how to pull their schools over, talk to them about the difference between early decision, early action, and regular, um, ap the regular application process. Show them, you know, the six questions, options, personal statement options and talk to them about what they need to put in their personal statement, how it needs to be authentic. And it doesn't have to be perfect, but it needs to be authentic so that the reader can really identify with who this student is. Um, I also, with Bold, uh, once a year volunteer to uh, participate in the W.E.B. Du Bois um, I think it's in June where we have a group of students on a Friday evening and it's different people from BMS, different um, areas of BMS. And we really talk to them about our career and our career path and just educate them on, again, different opportunities that BMS offers. So I feel like BMS has given me many opportunities to, as people say, pay it forward, but to really help students figure out their path. And that's what I'm passionate about. Bold is doing so much to help out people in their young careers externally from the people that work here and here that's great that we're really trying to lead the charge of bringing in individuals with diverse backgrounds uh, all across the globe. And a little background on tomorrow's innovators for our audience. We are currently working with five schools to bring in that diverse talent, which is Florida A&M, Howard University, Arkansas Pine Bluff, Morgan State, as well as North Carolina A&T. So those are kind of our member schools right now. And on the area of tomorrow's innovators, HBCU, Deidre, is there a particular student or story you can tell that really exemplifies how you're able to work with a student from first meeting them to actually bringing them to Bristol-Myers Squibb and having them be successful here? I sure can. So when were we there? We were there in April. And it we, we were there. Well, while we were there, we found out maybe the week before that cardiovascular was going to do their CV sales internship 
again this year, this summer. And it was it was the second time. Last year was the pilot. And Rita Fawcett, praise, praises to her, said that she wanted all of those positions filled by students from one of these five HBCUs. And so, again, it was just by luck that Lotus and I and some other Chris Sams, we were all, Shawnee, we were all there uh, the week after. And so after Chris and I were in an entrepreneurial class and we were talking about VMS and talking about, he was talking about his career in sales. I talked about my transition from sales into access and reimbursement. And there was a student there that came up to us after. And the funny thing, Brian, is that wasn't even his class. He liked these entrepreneur classes so much, he went and signed in to his class and then came and sat in on our talk. Mm. And he approached us and he was like, wow, I, I never really heard of Bristol Myers. I really like what you guys were saying. I'm very interested in this um, internship opportunity. And so I said, well, do you have your resume? He was like, absolutely. He pulled it up on his um, iPad. And Chris and I literally sat with that young man for an hour and questioned mm. him on his resume. And, you know, it, 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 was, it was very interesting because, one, he downplayed the things that should have been highlighted. I was like, your GPA above a 3.0? He said, yeah, my G I, I don't remember what it was. It was like a 3.637. I said, why is that not on your resume? He said, my dad told me to take it off. Mm. Again, Brian, see that disconnect when you yeah. have a gen college student? Mm -hmm. Their parents don't know how to help them navigate this process. So then we were talking to him. He had on his resume how he interned at um, FedEx and, you know, something else. So in the midst of talking to him, we found out that he opened a smoothie kiosk in the mall. And we oh, were wow. like, well, that's entrepreneurial. Why isn't that on your resume? <laughs> exactly. It's definitely entrepreneurial. You start your own business. <laughs> right. But see, the, they're not thinking that way. They're thinking that they have to put on their resume a business that they work for, mm. not a business that, because they don't look at their business as being truly profit, profitable. So it was a huge disconnect. So Chris and I were like, well, walk us through that process. How did you even learn about the, the smoothie place? And he said, well, one of my friends had it in Dallas. I like the idea. I asked him if I could, you know, buy into it and open one up in at the mall in uh, uh, up here in, in Greensboro. What what did that look like? How did you do that? Where'd you get the money from? He said, "Well, I went to the bank and got a really really small business loan." He said, "I then had to find the manager of the mall to negotiate the price of my kiosk space, and I opened up." And I said, so he was like, when I'm not there, I have, you know, students that help me that rotate and, and work it for me. And I was like, just on average, what would you say you generate a month in business? He was like anywhere between five and $8,000 a month. Chris and I were like mm. almost fell over. We were like, yeah. dude, that is number one on your resume. Like, 
FedEx, that that has nothing. That is pales in comparison. Mm-hmm. Then he went on to tell us he's a day trader. Oh, jeez. Like, <laughs> Burying the lead there a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, this needs to be on it. So we sat with this young man, Ryan, literally for an hour. And we gave him advice on redoing his resume. We we then had another class that we had to talk and talk to, but we told him we will be in the uh, reception this evening at this time. You come and we want to see these changes because this was a Wednesday. Those applications for the CV internships would do that Friday. Mm. And so it was a push to make sure the resumes were tight. And then the other thing about him is he was very, very soft-spoken. Mm. And we were like, you got to find your voice. Like, if you want to be in sales, you have to you have to project your voice. And so he came, he met us, you know, at the, um, the, the reception, showed he had made all the changes to his resume. We made a few tweaks. He sat there right while we were there. He applied for the CV internship. He got called for an interview. Then it was it was on and popping. It was like, okay, <laughs> I need to prep you for this interview. These are the types of questions. Have you ever had a situational interview? They want this is the format you have to answer all your questions in. Sit down and think about questions that they may ask you, like why do you want to be in in sales and why BMS? Do your research. Know our pillars. Do you know that young man got the internship? And when Mm. I tell you, I am hearing wonderful things about him. Oh, that is wonderful. Again, that shows not only your passion for helping students such as this individual, but the passion that everyone has at Bristol-Myers Squibb to make sure from initiation all the way to your first steps into Bristol-Myers Squibb that we're along with you for the whole entire ride. And not only are you successful in your career, but you're successful at Bristol-Myers Squibb as well. Yeah, and and he even met uh, Maurice Belfield, mm. and I think he he's one he's a senior director. I don't know exactly where, but Maurice because they brought in a lot of senior leaders to talk to the students, and Maurice went up to him and talked to him about his voice inflection, and he gave him he was like you know I used to be just like you, and these are some of the key things that I did to help me project my voice more. And that young man, he probably calls me once a week and he all he can say is BMS is dope. Like BMS is for real. These are the words he uses. BMS is for real. I love mm. BMS. The people at BMS are just so amazing and just so personable and everybody wants to help you. He was like, I love the environment. And so, I think he's he will definitely be one that will be applying for something within our organization next year. And it will likely be sales because I think he's found his footing. Also, maybe a follow-up question for people that are interested to apply for programs such as these. Where do you recommend early career students going to apply for the sales internship or uh, a CLDP or any other uh, programs that we offer? So the early career jobs are are on our website. Uh, when you go into careers, there's a drop down for early careers. 
the sales internships is more geared toward these five HBCUs and they're really trying to, because we've identified these schools as partners. So if we're gonna partner with them, we have to have opportunities for these students. Gotcha. So any student that came through the CV sales internship, they came from one of the five historically black colleges, Howard, FAMU, uh, North Carolina Ante, Morgan, or Arkansas Pine Bluff. And those school, those students were presented with the opportunity through one of their BMS leads from Tomorrow's Innovators. Oh, that's wonderful. Again, a, a significant dedication to Bristol Myers Squibb to create those pipelines to those five HBCU schools. So Deidre attesting to the fact that we have that dedication. And also on our BMS.com within Bold Innovators website, we also have a job and career section at the bottom of the site if people are interested to not only find early career opportunities, but other opportunities within Bristol Myers Squibb. But Deidre, thanks for coming on to the podcast today. It was great to Thank hear you. your story. No problem. Your your sales experience, as well as your passion for Tomorrow's Innovators HBCU. But before we leave, I always want to ask one question we ask all of our guests. What's one piece of advice, life or career, would you give to your past self, your present self, or your future self? So I love that question. Um, and honestly, as I think about it, I don't know that I would give myself any advice or change anything because the experience that I have had in my past, my present, and what I hope to experience in my future, all of those things have led me to be the person that I am today. And those experiences have provided me with the passion and the wisdom to help others. So I know that may not have been the answer you were looking for, but there's nothing that I would advise, advise myself differently of because I feel like anything might change the trajectory. And I don't think I would want to do that. No, that's a very impactful and insightful answer. Honestly, it's kind of like the butterfly effect. You got here because of all the small decisions that you made. And without those mistakes, trials, and tribulations, you wouldn't be who you are today. So I think that's a fantastic answer. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Bold Innovators podcast. We look forward to speaking with you soon. Take care and have a bold tomorrow.